get up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Psych Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kay. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AK Sports Psych. So this episode is going to be a lot about the NFL, because really, what else do we have to talk about? The NBA is hoping and praying, as are we, that they can come back sooner than later uh, and finish out this season. It's unfortunate because there was a lot of compelling storylines this year. Um, The championship is up for grabs. MVP is up for grabs. A lot of stuff that still needs to be decided. So let's hope that they can get back onto the court. And later on in spoiler alert, we're going to actually talk a little bit about NBA and what this did, other than obviously spoil the entire season, but something that it's going to spoil actually a year down the road from now. So I hope you uh, can hold on and, and listen to that. Also on this episode, other than some NFL free agency slash trade news, uh, we're going to have Dr. Kizzy Dominguez, and she's going to join us to talk about NFL diversity, specifically the lack thereof when it comes to NFL head coaches, why that is, or maybe why that is, and offer up a couple of possible solutions. Um, The Rooney rule is clearly not working, so we're going to offer up uh, some ideas for how that might work. So stay tuned for that, and um, let's get going. What is going on in the NFL this offseason? We are seeing some ridiculous, overreaching, crazy moves so far. And I don't know if it was a ploy to distract people from the terrible CBA that the NFL and the Players Association signed, Was it an attempt to get everyone's mind off the coronavirus? I'm not quite sure, but we're going to dive into a couple of them and hear from Nick Wright and tell you why he's wrong. So let's start with my favorite position, the wide receivers, and a couple of moves that were made. So the winner of the offseason in terms of wide receivers, well, there's two. So I'm going to start with the one that's maybe less talked about, which is Diggs, Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. If Stefan Diggs can keep his team first mentality at the forefront of his mind, this is a huge, huge move for the Bills, who are now in a division without Tom Brady. And we'll talk about that in a minute. They're in a division where... Miami's made a lot of off-season moves, but really still don't have a quarterback. So we don't know what's happening with them. Unfortunately for my man Gary V, the Jets are still the Jets. And we really don't know what New England's going to be. Are they tanking for Trevor? Are they lulling us all to sleep? And then they're going to do some kind of surprise move and be the team that we didn't think they could be? Or... Is this the season that their division is up for grabs? So it's a perfect opportunity for the Bills to jump in and take over. The other wide receiver move that has me scratching my head is the Houston Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. Great move for the Cardinals for a bag of footballs. 
And no offense to David Johnson. He was a phenomenal player, but for the last two years, really hasn't shown us much. So I understand there might have been some internal issues and a power struggle going on, but you don't trade away the best wide receiver in the game for nothing. And that's what Houston did. So great move for Arizona. It gives them a huge weapon. And if Larry Fitzgerald, who continues to defy uh, defy father time, can, can still uh, put up some numbers, if um, their running game can be what it was last year, and if we can get some growth at the QB position, they should be in really good shape. So I'm I'm very curious to see how the Cardinals do. Still don't understand what the Texans were thinking. So let's move on to what they say is the most important position to the quarterback. So Philip Rivers, we knew was gone from San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles, no longer a charger. And he ended up with the Colts. Some familiarity there between the coaches and, and Philip. And it made sense for him to go there. How much of an upgrade he is from Jacoby Brissett, however, I don't know. I don't really think it is. I think that move will backfire quite, if not not as much, but as close to what I think the Ryan Tannehill re-signing in Tennessee did. And if you remember from the last podcast, I talked about what a terrible move. That was my spoiler alert that Ryan Tannehill just isn't the man. So I don't think that one's going to work out very well either. So um, good luck to the Colts. The worst quarterback move, um, my beloved Bears signing or trading, excuse me, for Nick Foles and that huge contract. So let me get this straight. You trade away a ton of draft picks to move up one spot to get a quarterback that nobody wanted ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and then turn around heading into his third year, you decide to make a huge trade, granted not huge in terms of draft picks, but that's a fairly big salary, on Nick Foles, who has proven, who has proven he's not a starter in this league. He had one great Super Bowl run, but that's about it. So, uh, again, I don't know what's going on. I'd love to hear from you guys. Send me your comments, what you think was the biggest move of the offseason, your biggest head-scratcher of the offseason. Maybe you think I'm wrong, and you can prove me otherwise on any of these moves. Let me know. The last one uh, that I saved is is Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to be honest. I never thought he was going to leave New England. And the 1% chance that I gave, I said he was going to go to the Chargers. So I was wrong. Um, However, someone is even more wrong than I was. So I was wrong where he was going. Nick Wright, however, seems to think that he's not only going to be a bust in Tampa Bay, but he's the fourth best quarterback in that division. So I'm going to let you hear what he had to say, and then I'll let you know what I think. The idea that Tampa is a championship contending team now, I think is lunacy. Now, I I want to give it credit. Shaq Barrett was awesome last year. 
Devin White is a player I loved coming out of the draft a year ago. And Levante David has been one of the most underrated linebackers for the better part of a decade. They have three excellent defenders. They might bring Sue back, and we know what the weapons are. But they still were a mediocre team last season. And at this point, if I could only walk through one of two doors, door one is the Bucks are competing for championship, much less championships, or door two is by Thanksgiving, the Bucks are saying, oh my God, we're tied to this guy for next year as well. Door two is far more likely, and I'll take it a step further. Is it more likely Tom Brady's the best quarterback in that division or the worst quarterback in that division? Drew Brees is better than him right now. Matt Ryan is better than him right now. And Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know about you guys, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater next year than 43-year-old Tom Brady. So they can tweet whatever they want, and I like the fact that it irritated Wilds. Anything that irritates Wilds, I want to be on that team. But this is lunacy. And I think anyone outside of Tampa or any diehard Tom Brady fan understands, Jenna, that it's lunacy. So where do I start? There's so many things I disagree with in just a minute and 30 second clip. So I mentioned, I'm going to start here. So I mentioned that the Bears made a huge mistake in trading for Nick Foles and that huge, huge, uh, and that huge salary. If you've been watching or following us uh, at AK Sports Psych on Instagram or Twitter, you've probably read or seen me say that I would have been happier, obviously, if they gotten Teddy Bridgewater. I'd be happier if, I'm talking about the Bears now, I'd be happier if they took a chance on Cam Newton. I'd even be happier if they took a shot with Jameis Winston, who, although is turnover prone, is a far better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. That being said, with the weapons that Tampa Bay has in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, any resemblance of a running game, I'm taking Tom Brady over all of them. He is still the greatest quarterback in the game, period. Yes, he's 43. Yes, he can't do all the things that he used to do. But the one thing that he can do is get the ball to the right players at the right time. Argument's going to be, well, last year, he showed that he couldn't throw the ball deep. No. He showed, or the team showed, that they had no one he could throw the ball deep to. And that's a huge difference. You Listen, is he going to be dumping the ball off to O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait? Yeah, probably. Probably more than Jameis Winston would. Is he going to throw 30 interceptions? Heck no. Never going to happen. So you take what was the best offense last year and you replace Winston with Brady. He just said, you even heard Nick Wright say, the defense is pretty good. And we learned today that they're bringing back Ndamukong Sue. So pretty good defense. Pretty good running game. Ridiculous receivers and super athletic tight end. Hmm. Sounds like a recipe I've heard before. So don't be surprised if you see the Bucks in the playoffs 
and making a run. Now, to the other point, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. I'm going to tell you right now, and you can quote me when I say, statistically, the only one that would be, that I think might be better than him this year is going to be Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be that guy. Matt Ryan is going to be up and down, typical Matt Ryan. And even Drew Brees is going to be great at home and shaky on the road. We're not talking about statistics, though. We're talking about wins and losses. And when that's what we're judging these quarterbacks on, Brady is not going to be the fourth best quarterback in that division. Brady's going to be the top quarterback in that division. And we'll look back on that clip. And I look forward to saying Nick Wright was wrong. And Anthony Kay was right. Let me know what you guys think. Send us your comments. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Psych Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the NFL coaching situation, for lack of a better term. So we've brought on with us Dr. Kizzy Dominguez, who works for the K Park Consulting, which focuses on leadership and diversity training. And we're going to talk about the lack of diversity with NFL coaches. So something that has probably been thrown around quite a bit is the fact that 70% of NFL players are minorities. And yet currently there's only four NFL coaches who are. Um, now that seems like a bit of a disproportionate number of coaches to players in the NFL. Off the top, Kizzy, is there something that kind of strikes you or when you kind of took a look at this, something that kind of came front and center as to why this is the case? You know, what really came front and center is that ducks pick ducks. Ducks ducks pick ducks. All right. Tell me more. Yes. Ducks pick ducks meaning we like people like us. So we I, like people like us. Yeah. So you know, you take, you have your favorite football team, whoever your favorite football team is, you like other people who like your favorite football team. Like, I love the Detroit Lions. Regardless of how bad we are, I love the Detroit Lions. We're not going to, we're not going to hold that against you yet. Please don't, please don't. But if, if you like the Detroit Lions, you're my friend. And probably more than likely, vice versa. And that, is the case it is the case when it comes to hiring whether it's for a coach whether it's for an executive whether it's for an admin whether it's for a teacher research has shown over and over and over and over again that we like to pick certain types of people particularly those that we think are like us so the NFL obviously instituted the the Rooney rule a few years back, which um, for those that don't know, basically says that anytime there's a, a coaching opening, the, the team has to interview at least one minority. That was meant to be so that more could get interviewed, they could see the skill set and more would get hired. Makes sense. However, it hasn't really worked out. Um, obviously, we can go back to the ducks pick ducks. But is it because 
you know, the, the, the league was kind of mandating you had to interview someone that they just kind of ha- interviewed one as just kind of a token, even though they had their mind set on somebody else already. Being a billionaire owner, you know, you don't want to be told what to do. Is there kind of any underlining psychology uh, that maybe kept them from doing that? I, I feel like my idea had always been, um, and much like to what you're saying with the ducks picking ducks, was that the reason that players, you know, the argument is players will be more receptive to someone who's like them. And that makes sense. Someone who's, you know, been a player, someone who's been through the same trials and tribulations of life as they have been, they could relate better to that person and thus get better results. The problem with that is, to your point, most of the owners are, if not all the owners are, kind of white billionaires. And so they feel comfortable with other white guys. So we've kind of have this divide. So what do you think from a psychology standpoint? Is it is it just that simple that they're just comfortable picking those other people? Or is, is it something deeper rooted? I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's intriguing because there's several things that, um, that people will pull out as far as kind of the why. Because this is, you know, again, it's not unique to football. I think it's most striking with football because, as you mentioned, about 70% of the players are African-American. And when there are three to four coaches that are African-American, it really leaves everybody scratching their head and wondering and thinking, okay, so owners don't trust black men. They really don't trust black men to coach other black men. So what I think about is that, you know, in other situations, people like to do what they want to do. And so, for instance, because we do a lot of work with the the federal government. Mm -hmm. And again, this is not a, a ping against anyone. I'm just using an example. This could be applied to any kind of other situation. But for instance, in the federal government, there are mandates about hiring vets. There's mandates about hiring those with disabilities. And sometimes the workaround is, you know, I'll just change the job description. So I'll interview a vet who meets the requirement, if any meet the requirement. But at the same time, I've made the job description so specific that I have to have a scientist with a particular um, background, a particular major, minor experience so that it allows the person hiring to really get the person that they want. And so while that's not the case here of altering a job description, the premise is still the same, right? I'm going to interview the one minority because I have to, but I really know that I want to hire Mike. We already know he's been vetted. He's amazing. And that's who I'm going to hire. Doesn't matter about the Rooney rule or not. I'm going to hire Mike. And so then it just becomes kind of a joke and it's useless because the intention was one thing, but then you look at the impact and the impact is it hasn't, nothing's really changed. So how do we go about, 
and, and this is a very big question. I'm not expecting us to come up with the answer today, but how do we go about making that change? So when you're working with companies on diversity training, is it just a matter of, and when I say just, I'm, I'm putting just on, like I said, a very big issue, but is it a matter of just education and you know awareness and understanding? Because you look at coaching and you can do a pretty parallel to black quarterbacks in the NFL until they started winning games and winning Super Bowls. You know, they always wanted, you know, and even this year, they're asking a couple of them to switch positions because of their athleticism, which I think is a joke, but it's still to this day is happening. So is it, is education a key piece? Can that help change people's perception? Is it just, we need to wait for all these owners to kind of um, move on in their careers and get old where kind of a younger, newer generation that maybe is more open to, to these ideas move in like what what do you think would be now i do uh, and i'm going to save it to the end i have what i think is is a solution for the nfl it may be crazy but i'll save mine to the end what do you think can be done or is education the first key point because obviously that's what you do with with companies so education is, is great you know education training is amazing but there's other things that are also needed too and one Big one, huge. This is um, this is big. You know, if anybody likes to take notes and they're listening, um, you have to have a sense of urgency. There has to be a sense of urgency, and if there's no sense of urgency, then nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, it's like wellness, right? Like we're like, okay, we're gonna eat, do, live, however, but then you maybe you get a test result and you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta change how I'm eating. Like, because before it was not important, right? Or it, 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 it's like what impacts us concerns us. So if there's no urgency around it, then why make the change? You know, and, and although there <coughs> seems to have been like five black starting quarterbacks, 2018, 29, which, you know, it's still a huge increase. There were still only five. Um, you know, it's, it's this thing where one, you know, and I'll, I'll get to to my my kind of thoughts on this. One is there's really been no real competition for the NFL, right? So there's been no real competition. Right. Number two, there's no real sense of urgency, right? There's no one saying if sweeping changes don't occur, we're not going to broadcast. Right. If sweeping changes don't occur, we're not going to allow you to have a relationship with Nike. I mean, there, you know, it's not sweeping changes. There, I mean, yeah. perhaps behind the doors, behind closed doors, but at least in public, there there hasn't been anything like that. Yeah, as long as as long um, as people keep buying tickets, the TV companies keep paying them their billions of dollars. Why change? Right. I'm right. Sim- I'm simplifying, but basically, players, right. Right, and players are still playing. Right. So then why make a change, right? So there's no sense of urgency. There's no competition. There's no one that, or, or a huge group that's, that's raised the flag and said, hey, you know, if something doesn't change, then we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I definitely understand as it is with the clients that we work with, it's extremely complicated. There's no one way, right answer, or it's, it's like a squiggly line. It's a squiggly line. It's not a straight line 
because it's going against so many things in our brains, whether it's the brain of the owner or other coaches or the, you know, who's ever affiliated with the stadium or people live in the city. Because there's so many things that we learn throughout our lives and that kind of becomes our schemas or our norms, like the, the way we're used to doing business. It's kind of like when you, you know, like recently as an aside, I went to this coffee shop in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, and it looked massive. And so I got there and I was like, how do I get inside? And they're like, oh, there is no inside. It's just, you just order it here at the window. And I was like, wow, that really goes against everything I know about a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So this is something minuscule, like a coffee exchange, right? Just me paying money to get a coffee. Now let's add billions of dollars and pressure and all of that. So it magnifies, it adds this additional importance into, oh my gosh, can we really have a black coach? You know, it's just right. like, because it, it goes against everything, right? So it's not just this, okay, let's just hire a black coach. And in reality, it should be that simple. It should be. It shouldn't even be an issue. But, because it's those who have, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I've always kind of argued the point, um, and I hope I see it in my lifetime, that just the best person, male, female, black, white, other, whatever, you know, the best qualified person should be, whether it's leading a team or quarterbacking the team or running your company, that should, right? I, I know that's idealistic and that's, you know, a perfect world, but really that's, I feel like we should be there and we're not. So I'm going to kind of sidestep and we'll get back to maybe coming up with some ideas on how to fix the NFL. Cause like I said, I do want to get to my idea. Uh, however, so walk me through maybe a couple of the steps. So when you get brought into a company, and they say, hey, you know, we need we need some diversity training. What are some of the things that, that you look for and what are the kind of some of the steps you take to to work with those companies? Well, one step is what is the real why? That's very yeah. important. Because if it's a surface why, well, you know, we need some training because We've been told we need people at our workplace to reflect those we serve. Okay, <laughs> then it's very clear you don't care. Right. You just don't care. And I'm not, and I, I don't, um, and we don't work with those type of clients. There are amazing companies that can help them out, and it's not us. Right. If they're so just trying to, to, if they're just trying to uh, check a box, that's not really looking right, to like, change, right? Yeah. Yeah, like the Rooney Rule. They're yeah. checking a box. Yeah. You know, I hired who I was, I mean, I, I interviewed who I was supposed to interview. Now let me go on with my business and bring on the person yeah. <laughs> that I really want to bring on. So it's, it's typically a company um, who has a deep desire to make the change. And unfortunately, usually the reason behind the change is, is due to maybe a catastrophic event because there's a sense of urgency, right. whether it's. They had a, we've had this where they had a noose on the property. They faced a lawsuit. Um, they had issues with retention. Sometimes it's connected to different laws that may pertain to them. So they have this overwhelming why. And that's also um, partnered with 
a senior leader, the owner, the president who's also on board. I, I can't, I can't let you go on with uh, without stopping you for a second and asking you yeah. a noose on the premises. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's some, um, Unbelievable. yeah, nooses, um, inappropriate social media exchanges. Um, and on top of it, there's, there's been instances where maybe a person or persons would fill in the blank. So they would think, so something would happen. And, and we as people, when two events happen, we automatically see them as cause and effect, even if they're not. Right. But that's how we process things. So for instance, someone may not have been, um, promoted this happened with a client so this person thought well i wasn't promoted because i'm not black i'm not a woman and only black people and women get promoted and so we found out that wasn't the case well that sounds the opposite um, of most businesses but yeah I, I, you keep going right and that they were thinking you know, that that they that's why because again we we fill in the blank and so it, in reality their interview was recorded and they didn't get the job because they interviewed horribly. Right. But if that interview hadn't been recorded, that person's truth was telling them, I don't, I'm not black. I'm not a woman. I'm a white male. So clearly they don't want me. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, it's, it's those type of situations that we usually um, sure. really help with. And we have a whole range of, of, of solutions. It's not just a, here's some training, everything's great. Just like with the NFL, it's not, here's a Rooney rule. Great. Let's go. Let's go get them. We're going to have more black coaches. That's not how it works. You have to unpack all of this stuff that we have learned. These human beings have learned. In addition to, there's no sense of urgency until there's a huge sense of urgency. Why change? So I'll tell you, no, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the part that maybe my solution lacks is the sense of urgency other than maybe a mandate. So I said I'd share mine. So I'll share mine and then let me know what you think. So here was my idea. Um, and I will say this. I did get another idea from um, one of the listeners of the show who said, because I kind of put the question out there and I said, what would you guys do? And they said blind interviews. And I was like, wow, that's really good in theory. But in most cases, they know the coaches, right? If you say, um, you know, if I tell you Bill Belichick, you know who that is. If even, you know, anyone in the business will know, you know, especially, you know, it's a college coach because you're not getting a coach out of nowhere. So, so here's my thought. My thought was the only way that you're really going to make change is if you take part of the decision. Cause look, at the end of the day, the ownership of the team still makes the final decision. It's their team. It's their money. So that's the part that's hard to change. However, if they're all committed, right? So all the teams would have to agree. If they're really committed to, to change and, and a more fair system, you have the people on the team who make the decision, typically the owner of the team and the general manager. You then have a representative from the NFL. And then from a third-party you know, it could be a third party company, an advisory board, whoever. And the four of them sit in the interview process and they come to the decision based on all four people and who's the best. It's still not perfect. 
Um, it still lacks the urgency, which, like I said, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a great point that you brought up. But at least it adds a layer of, you know, the best person for the job. And um, if if the NFL and this advisory, this third party um, come in and say, hey, this person's the best for the job, and then the, 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 the team still says, nah, we're going to go with this other person, right? We you know, it's harder to do that when there's other people in there. It's really easy to say that, oh, that person, oh, he interviewed so well or she, um, that we just went with them when no one was in that interview, right? They could have been talking about fishing for two hours and they thought, what a great guy. I could, you know, hang out and have a beer with him. I'm going to hire him as my coach. And I think more often than not, that actually happens. Um, you know, we sometimes scratch our head at why is this coach not coaching somewhere, you know, and, or how did that guy get a job? So that's why I kind of thought maybe, you know, you got to add in that third party aspect to it to keep them as honest as possible. Yeah. And that's, you know, the taking that panel approach is very important. Is there, do you think, you know, if in your world, is that something that is, you know, you look at the companies and say, Hey, that's something that would be done or do you do you get into much hiring um you know do, do companies reach out and say hey we we know that we don't do this very well how can you help us and if so like is that kind of the stuff that you recommend or is there something different yeah the you know two things you said stand out the kind of the blind interview and having a panel where you have kind of like a quote-unquote outside member the blind interviews um i know some orchestras have have used that approach there are some other kind of organizations that may use a software to help or they'll remove the name or names right. of those like resumes to remove anything that may connect them to what they may look like um that has been helpful as well as having that outside person on the panel because it provides another perspective I know of a particular um, city that goes so far. I mean, and this is because they had a very long history of, of extreme dis discrimination and racism. Right. But they interview um, via recording. So you go into a room, you answer the questions, and then they have a team evaluate each candidate and what's great about that is you can go back because I was involved in something like that and I remember we had these kind of passionate conversations and I just stopped everyone and I said instead of us discussing it we have video just rewind the video <laughs> you know we have it right here yeah. so I think that's really helpful because our memory we only can remember so much for so long things decay so in terms of coaches, I think it's most helpful because it, it would definitely provide that other viewpoint. Uh, it's definitely challenging to make things blind, just given. Well, yeah, I was actually one of my crazier ideas was you get it down to your short list of the two or three coaches and you do like one of those FBI videos where they're, it's just their silhouette and their voice is disguised. You ask them the same five questions and then pick the one who answered it the best. You might, you still know who the three coaches are. You just don't necessarily know which one answered which way. 
And, you know, I've, I, I've gone through this so many times with so many crazy ideas. So um, who knows? Hopefully something will change because obviously I think we all agree what's going on right now isn't working. Um, so with that being said, we're actually out of time. Any, so I want to leave, kind of give you the last word if there's any uh, last things you want to add and or where can people get a hold of you and if they want your consulting services or need some leadership or diversity training, where, where can they reach you? You, people can can reach me on um, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Kizzy Dominguez. Uh, you can reach out to me through text or WhatsApp. I love giving out my phone number. It's three two one like liftoff seven nine five nineteen oh eight. My company's website is kpcinc.com, kpcinc.com. And I just want to reiterate that especially since there's at this time, I don't think it's going to be like this forever, but especially since there's no competition, it's easy. It's so easy to continue doing business as how as business has always been done. And while your, your listeners may not be big consumers of makeup (laughs) or or other feminine products. Other than me. No, I think we're good. I would say, you know, you just, all you have to do is take a look at the beauty business and a Victoria's Secret. And when businesses and industries don't change and competition comes in and they start to see, wow, we're losing money or the milk industry. Wow. We're losing out to almond and oat milk and rice milk. What? People are drinking dairy milk. That's when change starts to happen. So when competition comes in and that sense of urgency is there because the NFL sees, oh my goodness, this is how, this is really hurting our pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. This is hurting my pocketbook as an owner. Change will happen. Good point. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was great and I uh, hope to have you back on real soon. Um, and again, thank you very much. Thank you. So this edition of Spoiler Alert, we're going to focus on some of the things, well, one particular thing that's going to be missed with the NBA. I told you earlier, I was going to talk about this, with the NBA and this season being suspended, possibly canceled. So there's a free agent. No, no. There's a future free agent that a lot of teams are setting up their salary cap to be in a position to go after him with a max contract. There's been rumors that if his team doesn't reach the finals this year, he would be open to leaving. Everything we've heard from him, however, is that he's very committed to the city and the team. He's a very loyal person and he's not looking to go anywhere. So, for this edition of Spoiler Alert, Giannis is not coming to your town. I'm sorry to break the news, be it Toronto, LA, Golden State, New York, Houston, whoever you think or thought he was going to jump ship and go to, he's not. This season has been a complete disaster, is a complete disaster. It's on hold. It might not finish. So to say that if they don't reach the finals, that may have been true three weeks ago. 
but I don't think it's true anymore. He's going to ride this out for at least another year. I think if they're treating him right now and they do the right thing by him, the employees, his brother, that the Milwaukee Bucks have a shot of signing an extension after this whole mess is cleared up. Now, the same way that I say if they treat him right, if they treat him wrong, well, then he could be packing his bags sooner than later. If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm doing everything I can to keep him happy, sending him baby toys, guitars, um, whatever it is that he needs to be happy at home while he's in isolation. So take it from me in this edition of Spoiler Alert. Sorry, everybody. Giannis is not coming to your town. There's another episode of the Sports Psych Podcast in the books. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AK Sports Psych. We want to thank Dr. Kizzy Dominguez for her insight and for joining us today. I want to thank the NFL for keeping it interesting while we have so little to talk about in terms of sports. And I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, send me your comments, your questions. And um, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Talk to you soon.